I saw a number today that I found, again, staggering. Not surprising, but staggering. In just a week, more than a million Ukrainians have left that country. More than half, nearly 550,000, have fled to Poland. We're waiting is at about 60 hours, two and a half days to cross in to Poland. Well, today, Canada announced extraordinary measures, including a new visa category and an expedited path to permanent residency for Ukrainians with family in Canada to help Ukrainians fleeing that war come to this country. With more on the announcement and what it means in practice, I'm joined from Toronto by immigration lawyer Joel, Joel Sandaluk. Thanks again for being here tonight. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Perhaps just walk our listeners through what was announced, and, and you said you found it remarkable. Yeah, what the Canadian government announced today uh, was extraordinary and unprecedented as far as movement of refugees is concerned. Basically, what the Canadian government uh, announced was an intention to create something they described as a Canada-Ukraine emergency travel authorization. And it was not a visa. Uh, what it is, is it's basically a means of Ukrainian nationals who are primarily outside of Ukraine, because people who are in Ukraine have to leave that country first, to obtain a, essentially authorization to travel to Canada. And once they arrive in Canada, they would then have uh, be eligible for a two-year stay in the country that can be extended. And in addition to that, they'd be eligible for an open work permit. So an open work permit is a permit that is not tied to a specific job offer or a particular employer. Um, and then the, the clear commitment here is for the government to create a pathway to permanent resident status for all Ukrainian nationals who enter under this program. Um, interestingly, also what's happening is there's a, a, Canada has a gigantic Ukrainian population. There's a lot of Ukrainians who are already in the country who were here previously on temporary status. And the government uh, has announced that it will be accepting applications for open work permits for those individuals. So for example, if you were a Canadian in Canada who was you know, uh, on an expired work visa or study visa, or if you were here to visit family or something like that, you would then also be able to apply for an open work permit and then, you know, essentially mount the pathway to stay in Canada permanently. Um, this is something completely different than was contemplated with respect to refugees from Afghanistan, from Syria, uh, where people were processed at refugee processing centers outside of those countries, oftentimes in Pakistan, Jordan, Turkey, and then brought to Canada in that way, which was a fine program. This is uh, something wholly different. Um, the Canadian government is still screening people uh, when they enter, before they enter Canada. So they'll still be doing fingerprints, medical examinations, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, the process is meant to be far more streamlined to bring them here. It's incredible, really. I, you know, there had been talk for, for years now, but specifically in the last little while, uh, about visa-free travel for Ukraine. That's not happened. That's not happened. It was interesting because that was actually something that the opposition uh, called for after the crisis in Ukraine uh, sort of began. Um, this is not visa-free travel. Well, I guess the easier way to describe it is to say it's like a visa alternative travel. This emergency travel authorization is expressly not a visa. Um, and, there, and that's fair because certain uh, visas require certain types of uh, requirements to be met. So, for example, medical examinations, police clearances, um, and also uh, the determination that somebody is coming to Canada for a temporary purpose only. Now, people fleeing the Ukraine simply cannot meet that requirement. And I think, you know, perhaps uh, legally speaking, that was the reason for creating an entirely different stream, a different means of bringing people to come, uh, come to Canada. 
This is the closest analogy to this program is something like what the Canadian uh, government did for uh, Albanian refugees who were fleeing, or excuse me, Kosovo refugees or, right. uh, in the late in the 1990s, where what happened is they were airlifted to Canada. They were issued something called a temporary resident permit, which basically authorized them to remain here, apply for work visas, study visas. But then they were processed at Canadian forces bases. I believe it was CFB Trenton, primarily in Ontario. After uh, a period of time, some of them returned to uh, Kosovo after things uh, stabilized there, and many of them remained in Canada. This is the closest, uh, but it's also far more generous. Um, it's also unusual in the sense that it is not capped. Uh, right. What that basically means is that when the Canadian government agrees to take refugees, what they typically will say is they'll commit to a certain number of refugees, uh, 15,000, 40,000 Syrians, you know, uh, 40,000 Afghan nationals. This program, at least in its current uh, form, is not capped at all, which is extraordinary when you consider that there's 43 million Ukrainians uh, in that country. Obviously, not everybody is going to be emptying out, uh, but still it creates the potential for a pretty significant wave of uh, new people coming to Canada. But that being said, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that's particularly true out West is that, you know, there's a gigantic Ukrainian diaspora. Uh, you know, many people, and for going back a hundred years, several, you know, significant persecutions ago. And, you know, Canada feels a historical connection to the people of Ukraine that I think uh, is perhaps you know, unique among other nations in the world. And that I think perhaps is at the, uh, the, uh, the heart of this program. Joel, we, we know the Canadian government has made other commitments to other nations, such as Afghanistan after the fall of the Taliban. What does this do to the immigration system for all those already waiting? Um, is there capacity to handle uh, an unlimited number of applications from Ukrainians and still be able to process other applications according to the commitments that we've already made? It's hard to say how the government's going to balance their, their commitments. Uh, I guess the thing that you have to remember is that um, this Ukrainian program is unique. Um, and because it's unique, it's separate from other refugee resettlement programs for other people around the world. And I think the, the government will probably take the position that it doesn't interfere with those programs as a result. So people uh, from Afghanistan, from Syria, will be resettled in Canada at approximately the same rate that they would have been uh, ordinarily. The only real work that's occurring outside of Canada with this program is the issuance of these emergency travel authorizations. Uh, once they arrive in Canada, they'll be eligible for work visas, eventually permanent status, through an inland process that is uh, largely self-contained from the overseas refugee resettlement process. Um, how many Ukrainians Canada can take, just as, a, as a, in terms of raw numbers, uh, is kind of a different question. But the immigration system, I believe can handle it um, and without necessarily disrupting too many other services by other people who are seeking to enter. So this this announcement, to be honest, Kate, came as a bit of a surprise to you just how far it went. Yeah, it did. Um, I think I and most members of the Immigration and Refugee Bar were expecting something to be done. Um, oftentimes there are special programs. Um, what I think I was what I was most surprised by was just the breadth of the program, just how, how many people it encompasses um, and how open it will be for people after they get to Canada. So this is, uh, you know, I've been practicing law for over 20 years. I've never seen anything on this scale. Uh, it's, it's, so it's remarkable. And it's, 
you know, to be honest, I think it's excellent. It's an excellent program. It's an excellent idea. Um, you know, Canada, like all countries, has uh, an international obligation to assist refugees and displaced persons. Um, so it's absolutely morally and I think also legally the right thing to do. Um, but that being said, I mean, oftentimes the government doing the right, the morally right thing is something of a surprise. And I think for me, uh, I've been caught completely off guard by how generous Canada has been. Joel Sandalek, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.